Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you start to read what Xi Jinping is saying to his own party members, it really seems like he's preparing for war. They're setting up, you know, hospitals across the strait on the Chinese side of the strait. They're uh, preparing their citizens to endure enormous economic pain in the event of war. They're trying to de-dollarize the world economy. They seem to be increasing their aggression on all fronts. And at the same time, they're sending officials like Leo Hu to Davos to tell the American business community, don't worry, China's open for business. And so we really need to be clear-eyed about what's going on here. Uh, that's one of the Mike Gallagher's. There are too many Mike Gallagher's in government, but he's one of the important ones, a Republican from Wisconsin, and that's some troubling stuff. Well, you talk about a story that will bump everything else off the front page for a long time. Holy well, to me, the, the most chilling part of that was building hospitals. Yeah, There's no chance Taiwan attacks China preemptively. I mean, that no. just would never, ever happen. So you don't build... Is that saber rattling or is that going awfully far? Yeah, we're so we're so serious about you. We're going to build some hospitals. I mean that nobody rattles sabers like that. I think you only do that because you're expecting casualties. Well, they've said they want to do it. There are white papers, whatever those are, out there uh, that have been released that show the timetable for doing it. They're putting all the military 
strategies and and an armament in place for it. Why would we be shocked that they eventually do it? I, I really think it's hard. It's hard for me. It's just hard to picture it happening because it hasn't happened in any of our lifetimes. But it is the history of the world that a giant power goes to war with another power. Yeah, It has always happened, but when it hasn't happened for a long time, it just seems like it can't. I mean, it just it won't actually. You know, that'd be crazy. Well, and, and to contemplate it really would be, it's an enormous topic. Oh, my God. And it's horrifically unpleasant. So thank you. I'd rather go through my date not contemplating I it. I get it. I just hope the you know the important people are contemplating it appropriately. Although culturally, we need to be prepared for the reality of event it happens. Because are we going to be able to take that first punch? I don't know that we are. If that first punch is sink a couple of our ships and kill eight thousand sailors on day one, what's our reaction going to be? Hell no, I have you ain't. No idea. Every, no idea. Every man to the rampart or back off. No, what? Who got us into this? What the hell? Why do we care about Taiwan? Well, you have politicians like we were talking about last hour in Chicago, who, in the face of looting by hundreds of youth, say, "Well, they're they're hungry. They've been driven to it by desperation. They won't even uh, come out against uh, overt lawlessness." So it's easily picturable. That a certain segment of American society will say, well, that's that's what we get for being such a bad country. Does this increase the likelihood that she decides now's the time to move on Taiwan? Not to mention the idea that how about we do it while they got a senile old president versus whoever takes over next. But the the Chinese Communist Party claimed yesterday that their economy grew four point five percent year over year. That's one of the lowest numbers they've released in many, many decades. Um, as the country reopened after the COVID lockdowns. Retail- yeah, take those numbers with a squirt of soy sauce. That's what I say. <laughs> Do you get it? You well, get it? That's kind of the point. If they're, if they're announcing low numbers, what are the actual numbers? Don't trust China. The uh, retail sales purportedly experienced strong rebounds, but the real estate sector faltered. And the Communist Party said overall unemployment rate is 5.3%, but youth unemployment rate at an all-time high of 19.6%. So one out of five of their young people are unemployed, and that's the number they're giving us. So what is it? Half? And does that make you more likely to to engage in a world war to try to uh, deal with that? Unemployed, unhappy, unmarried young men are a revolution in the making. Absolutely. Always have or, been, always or, will be. Right. Or certainly a challenge to the Chinese Communist Party's supremacy. Uh, let me think. I've got a country that's wildly demographically weighted toward young men because of the one-child policy and the abortions and forced abortions and the abandonment of infant girls by the millions. Welcome to China. Anyway, let me think. What happens that can get rid of a hell of a lot of young men and would also solidify the Communist Party's control. I know, a war. That is an unfortunate, bizarre further you know, note in favor of their probably heading toward war. I hope I'm wrong, but come on. In an unrelated, or maybe it is related story, the New York Times is talking about how is this going to be the Indian century when everybody thought it was going to be the Chinese century. As uh, uh, For the record, I didn't. I've been telling you, and it's not going to be, but come on now. That is true. 
You have been saying that. Um, India is going to surpass China soon as the most populous country in the world. And as the New York Times points out, it's a turning point the world has not seen in centuries and is unlikely to see again for centuries more where you have a change of what's the biggest country. China's been the biggest country in the world for ever. And uh, India's on the cusp of passing it because they're growing fast and China's shrinking fast. Uh, Indian currently has 1.4 billion people and is going to pass them soon. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that it's not just that India's growing faster than China. China is literally shrinking. It'll have half its population in, I think, they think 60 years or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, Forgive uh, me if that number's off, but yeah, I mean, they're shrinking crazy fast. Yeah, they could easily drop to third, fourth, or fifth in the next century as the most populous country. Listen to these demographics. India. 80% of India's population is under 50. China, two-thirds of Chinese people are younger than 50. So uh, fewer than two-thirds of Chinese mm. young people are under 50. So that's a pretty big difference. Wow, 80 to mid-60s. Yeah, yeah. wow. Huh. Percentage-wise. Yeah. And uh, as the, the child policies that you were talking about earlier. And what does that mean for their economy and what they're willing to try to do in the world? Wouldn't it be something if China lays all this groundwork for taking over the world and they just don't have enough people or enough economic power to pull off what they laid the groundwork for? Yeah, yeah. And then you have the question of India, which is fascinating to me. Like I've said before, if if you know, if I had unlimited time, I would spend two, three years getting some sort of PhD in the study of Indian uh, politics and government because it's so complicated, so different from America in a lot of ways. And um, and they're the, the biggest country on earth, or, or will be, you know, next Tuesday. Young growing dynamic but way backward in terms of economic development and in a lot of ways their political systems but so, they're, they're a democracy world's biggest democracy will be the world's biggest country yeah 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 it's interesting to watch uh man that that clip from mike gallagher about china preparing itself for war oof holy crap you know i don't want to make people crazy but i don't want to make myself crazy either between Ch- china starting a War between the two biggest economies on the planet, because we would get involved, according to Joe Biden. We would have troops on the ground in Taiwan, according to Joe Biden. Right? Um, so well, his bus been wet. So, can you take it seriously? I actually wonder, is that our U.S. policy? Would we, put, would we have Marines in Taiwan dying to protect that country? Not because it's about that country, but because it's about half of world shipping being under the thumb of the Chinese. And the advanced computer chips of the world right. that the world runs on. Yeah, all that. But anyway, she got the, the potential for a war with China and AI about to explode, which could be a civilization-ending event. This is too much. Well, too and half the much. young people in America want to deny that there's such thing as a woman or a man. Right. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. You got a pitch clock in baseball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I got to flip to my texts. As I've mentioned before, I have a very good friend. I treasure his friendship. He is a major league umpire, so I don't see him for long chunks of time, which is unfortunate, but uh, he and his crew had a double header yesterday. Game one, two hours, 20 minutes. 
Game two, an hour 50. An hour 50. Yes. That's fast compared yeah. to, wasn't the average over three hours? Yeah, it was probably roughly three hours, I would guess. Wow, an hour 50. I don't know because I haven't sat through an hour 50 Major League Baseball game. Do I feel like I got my money's worth at that pace? I don't know. I haven't done it. That's an interesting question. Um, uh, and you mentioned before, and it hadn't occurred to me, uh, beer sales have been really yeah. hurt by this. Yeah. Because uh, you got people not sitting in the sun for three hours. They're, you know, in and out in two and a half, maybe. Um, but I would never have gone to a doubleheader. No freaking way. Six hours of baseball? That's crazy. Well, plus a certain amount of time in between the games. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ain't nobody got year, time for that. I hear you. That's ya. exactly what I'm saying. Um, but now with this, yeah, I would, I would gladly go to a doubleheader. That's fine. Ain't nobody got time for that. Hilarious. Nice poll, Michael. God He's damn. right there with Elon Musk, too. Yeah. Things are getting weird, Clip. <laughs> Look for that T-shirt in the Armstrong and Getty store uh, soon. We're working on designs. I don't wear many of our own T-shirts, certainly not in public, but I would wear that one in public. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Because it's true. More yeah. on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The Armstrong and Getty Show. Like 
were fortunate enough to get asked to play with the Stones. Uh, so they're playing a couple shows in San Francisco and then asked if we would play with them. So we're sitting backstage and at one point a personal assistant or whatever comes, you know, and says, Mick Jagger's going to walk through here in a couple minutes. He's going over to his private gym in his truck and he's going to warm up before the show. When he walks through here, please don't make eye contact with no. him or talk to him. or no. Just, we used to laugh a lot at those things. And, and we, when we, did he walk through and you did that and didn't look? Did you, you must have talked to him at some point. So we got our picture taken with the stones but that's the extent of your that was the extent of it that's one of the guys from metallica it sounds like it's on bill maher's uh drinking in the basement show which if you haven't watched it on youtube depending on the guest is really interesting i yeah i'd recognize lars ulrich's voice anywhere he's the uh, he's their drummer i happen to see the one of those shows in san francisco it was a weird coupling i didn't uh, know that was a real thing I've heard people joke about it but that's a real thing you're not allowed to look in the look them in the eye including if you're freaking Metallica, one of the biggest bands in the history of the world. Yeah, what was I what was I reading? Ah. I'm okay with you know, I don't think it's overly pretentious to say could you tell like all the people in concessions when I'm walking through to not like, you know, stop and ask me a question or something because I'm trying to focus. But the whole you can't look at me. <laughs> I mean, I just it seems over the top. Yeah, yeah, it does. Who, who was I reading? It was somebody, I think, in... Uh, oh, gosh. I can't remember. The story would be better if I could remember it, but they were touring with Bob Dylan, doing an entire tour, and he was talking about how rare it was that he ever was, like, in the same place as Bob Dylan. Just that was avoided logistically and everything. Bob was where Bob wanted to be, and then Bob would be on stage, and you did not cross on stairs or whatever. Um, and, and the story was at one point he came up and said, wow, I really like your band. You guys are really terrific. I appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. Never interacted with him again. But so that's the way it is, I guess. You picture the musicians all backstage partying, chatting, whatever. But uh, not in the modern era. Not with the superstars, I guess. Wow. That of course, seems... Mick's pushing freaking 80. <laughs> but that's just, God, I would think when you get to 80, you'd be go the other direction. Like not having people look me in the eye seems kind of crazy. Life is short. I'd kind of like to know these guys. I don't know. Seems weird. Yeah, to me. I, uh, in fact, I had uh, an interaction recently with some uh, young people uh, that I'm involved in an organization with, and uh, their enthusiasm for talking was really energizing. It was great. And I would think, as an 80 year old musician, having even a youngster like Lars Ulrich of Metallica, who's like 55. <laughs> yeah, probably. hanging out with the kids in their mid 50s. R- right. I would think that would be cool. So, what are you kids know. in your mid 50s into music wise, huh? <laughs> I didn't realize. I don't realize what a big deal Metallica is because, like, I don't know any Metallica music. I have a couple of Metallica T-shirts, but I don't know any of their music. Yeah, um, they're enormous globally. But enormous. we were at the Peterson Car Museum, the best car museum in the world in Los Angeles, and they had a display by one of the guys. Um, uh, name name a Metallica guy. Uh, James Hetfield. Yeah, it was him. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think, and he, I didn't know what a car guy was, but he had a whole wing of the museum of his cars that. He works on himself or pays for other people to play. I mean, they were freaking unbelievable. It had mm. to be millions and millions of dollars worth of cars. And I know the one guy, the guitar player, whatever his name is. Kirk Hammett. He bought Greeny, the Les Paul that belonged to Peter Green a couple of years ago, for a million dollars for <laughs> one guitar. So they well, must be big. 
Well, when they stupidly fired their old bass player for idiotic reasons and they hired the new guy who's a wonderful musician, it's not his fault, but they wrote him a check for a million dollars when he joined the band to show, okay, you're really part of the band now. Wow. Oh, yeah. They, so, they printed money during the 90s and 2000s. Well, right. So that's what I was wondering as I was looking at that car display. You get the same quality band now where you can't sell albums because everybody gets to listen to all your music for free. And how mm-hmm. much less rich are they? I know they're a big touring act, and that's where you make your money, but they yeah. wouldn't have any of the money from sales because you just don't make money on people paying to hear your, mon- your music anymore. Right, yeah. I, I've thought about that a lot, being you know semi-involved in music, and I've worked with some musicians who are, are pretty famous and pretty famous bands, but um, the difference between a like mid-level, big cult-following band now and a similar band, say, in the 80s and 90s is... Uh, being very upper middle class back in the day to now, like giving piano lessons when you're not on tour. Right. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, it's something. But, you know, the world changes. Technology changes. I've mentioned this before. David Byrne of Talking Heads wrote an absolutely fascinating uh, book called, uh, what the hell is it? It's something about music, how music works, something like that. Um, uh, in and one of the main themes of the book is every time technology changes, music changes, popular music changes. The crooners of the 40s and 50s could only exist. They could only be heard singing that softly because of microphones and amplification systems. That sort of singing didn't exist before because nobody could have heard you past the second row, for instance. <laughs> right. Ragtime's got a similar story going way, way back. Anyway, um, if you miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Put drug addicts in jail. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Armstrong and Getty Show. There's so much that's contributing to the erasure of women, whether it be changing language. I mean, it's now offensive to use the term mother. It's birthing person. And, and now it's no longer breastfeeding. It's, it's chest feeder. So what's going on with the language? That's swimmer Riley Gaines, who's doing a tour of the country and getting beaten up at San Francisco State University, talking about how women are being erased and women's rights erased by this bizarre anybody can declare they're a woman thing. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird really fast. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. One more clip, and then we'll change uh, gears to the whole locking people up uh, theme. Uh, 23, Michael. Notice how there's not going to be a biological woman or a trans man who will compete against the men. And I can tell you why that is. It's because a female can never be competitive with the men, especially at the elite level. And so this whole ban, what the Biden administration is trying to do by rewriting Title IX, it only affects women and affects women in a negative way. There's only one way to handle this. Remember last week we had the story of that weightlifter that showed up at the match? So some trans woman had broken the record. So this guy who's a weightlifting coach said, all right, whatever. And he just showed up, didn't didn't do it. He marked down, you know, no preference on the gender thing. Didn't try to wear the clothes or anything like that. Just showed up in his regular beard, man clothes, lifted 80 more pounds than this person, won the award and walked out. Right. And I just wonder if that needs to happen over and over and over again. And then, okay, so you got we got to deal with this. We got to come up with some rules because obviously this doesn't work just to blow it up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. And, and maybe the Boston uh, Marathon had it right. I, I rolled my eyes at it, but they had the men's category, the women's category, and the other, essentially. Yeah, that might be the way to do it. And if you want to do that, go ahead. But anybody who's advocating for biological men to compete against women, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I stand by those words. Moving along, uh, here's another controversial stance for you. I found this so eloquent and persuasive, I want to read a, a significant chunk to you. It's by a fellow by the name of Jared Klickstein, who, as he makes clear, had a, a serious drug addiction problem. And he grew up in a home with drug addiction, too. It's really a sad story. But anyway, um, in big cities across America, he writes, homelessness has been so bad for so long that many have given up on it ever ending entirely. Last year, federal agencies counted a staggering 582,000 homeless people nationwide, up nearly 20% since 2015. It's not the same everywhere. Homeless figures in California, for instance, increased more than any other state, from 162,000 just before the pandemic to 172,000 last year. What state spent the most on the homeless problem in America? Oh, yeah. Come on. Not even close. And those figures continue to rise, fueling a vicious cycle of homelessness and lawlessness that seemingly leaves no community unscathed. Activists like to blame the homeless crisis on a lack of affordable housing. And he goes into some detail on various tax proposals and stuff. I can't believe people still say that. But those funds cannot be used for immediate solutions like emergency shelters or treatment programs needed to help folks who are both homeless and addicted to drugs. And as I can personally attest, there are many, many such folks. And then it's really interesting. He gets into comparing and contrasting a couple of cities' different policies. Um, So the money must be spent on longer-term efforts such as the homeless apartment units known as permanent supportive housing, PSHs. Advocates are keen on PSHs, pointing to Houston, for instance, which reduced its homeless population by 60%. Between 2012 and 2021 by more than doubling the number of PSHs. Wait a second. Permanent? Supportive, supportive housing. housing. So you get to live yeah. there forever? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can reduce homelessness by giving people a house. 
<laughs> anyway, here's where it gets really interesting. But San Francisco increased PSH availability by 40%. Not as much as Houston, but by a lot. And all the city has seen in return is a simultaneous 20% rise in its homeless population. In fact, San Francisco has 50% more units than Houston, even though greater Houston has nine times more people. Los Angeles can report similarly depressing statistics, rising homeless housing and a parallel spike in homeless numbers. Why is California failing so dismally at solving its intractable homeless problem? There are historical causes and policy causes, but in my case, he writes, and in the case of so many, the cause is clear, drug addiction. And this guy was way down and way out. Describes himself living in L.A. Skid Row, stripped down in my underwear, crying, bleeding, and trying to find a vein in which to punch a needle full of heroin. Almost dying of infections and that sort of thing. He goes into his family history, which is just heartbreaking. Um, And his beautiful mom ended up dying of a heroin overdose. Uh, But anyway... It's uh, it's it's moving and it's really powerful and we'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. But in the interest of time, I'm going to I'm going to skip how he became an addict. But it's a classic story. Started smoking weed and drinking in high school. Troubled family, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, uh, so he ends up uh, by a senior year of high school. I had dropped out to pursue drugs full time. By August 2011, I was homeless. A pattern quickly ensued. Old friends would enable me with money and a place to stay. He did not choose those words accidentally, by the way, folks. Old friends would enable me with money and a place to stay until they'd had enough, and I'd wind up back on the street. I was homeless in Oakland, San Francisco, and New York City before returning to L.A. in late 2014. I was in fist fights, endured near-fatal staph infections, and had guns pointed at my head. Every day was a battle for my life, but my, the biggest danger was always myself. I finally got into state detox programs, but both, both times I left within 72 hours. I wanted to kick heroin. Instead, I would head to the nearest CVS, steal everything I could, and sell it to buy drugs. I would get arrested periodically, but was always released within a few days back into hell. Much of that could have been avoided. In 2014, California decriminalized small-scale theft and shoplifting with the passage of Prop 47. And so folks like me rarely remained behind bars for long. Since then, California's laissez-faire approach to crime has only gotten worse with the election of progressive DAs such as George Gascon in Los Angeles, who on his very first day in office January 2021 eliminated uh, cash bail. He reversed the contentious plan a year later, he notes. As the winter of 2015 approached and my suffering became unbearable, I began to crave a lengthy stay in jail. Even amid the fog of addiction, I realized I needed to be forcibly detoxed and separated from drugs, and jail was the only available answer. And so one afternoon in a Los Angeles Panda Express outpost, I tried to stab a homeless person who'd attacked me. I got what I wanted. I was arrested and ordered to six-month spell in L.A. County Jail. Those six months likely saved my life. And there's more, but I thought I'd pause in case you have any comments. Uh, I wish more of these stories saw the light of day as just a discussion piece. Say, hey, here's here's an interesting thing. As opposed to only finding the rare occurrence where it is medical bills that caused you to be homeless since that's not usually the case. And they always, you know, point those out when they can find them and act like that's what it is for everyone. 
I have a different screed for a different day on people who are mentally ill, not because they took so much meth that their brains have melted, but are just legitimately mentally ill Mm -hmm. um, because that is a that's a separate problem and one that needs to be dealt with separately. As we've said on this show many, many times, there's some need part part of his profit motive, but there's a need among like sincere lefty people. They refuse to break down the subcategories of people who live on the streets and recognize that there are several different problems happening simultaneously. It's not all housing, for goodness sakes. Anyway, back to this uh, gentleman's uh, eloquent story. Uh, Those six months in jail likely saved my life. And it goes into the fact that it was awful in jail. Awful. But jail also saved me. Not only did I need to break the chains of physical heroin addiction, I also received a much-needed lesson in life and living. I learned how to finally be grateful for things like a hot shower and sleeping on a real mattress. I'm not suggesting jail is the answer for every addict. Some can quit without winding up in a cell. Uh, and, an est- and with an estimated 65% of all folks in prison suffering from substance disorders, for many, the penal system will only make their drug problem worse. But for some who can't quit, who destroy their family and friends, regularly break laws to feed their addiction, radical courses of action must be considered. And as my experience illustrates, the arrest to arrest the addiction, addicts may literally need to be arrested. Not just compelled into treatment, which already exists in patchwork formats in much of the nation, but actually forced behind bars to begin the end of their addiction and criminal activities. Once released, a system needs to be enacted where addicts are mandated to long-term treatment, ideally designed by recovering addicts themselves. And he goes into the needs that addicts have once they kick the drugs, and they are extensive. Um, But he points out that there are those who insist that treatment cannot be compulsory, such as critics of a 2022 plan by Gavi Newsom to mandate drug treatment in his state, etc. New York had a similar thing. But these claims are misleading, if not entirely missing the point. Addicts are often the least equipped to make smart choices for themselves, so it becomes difficult to compare data on those who are mandated treatment to addicts who got clean on their own. Mm. Uh, And he goes into a, a great deal. This guy is incredibly bright um, going into the details of it. Um but one of his main points, and I think any sane person can agree, and, and in fact, the great progressive Europeans agree, if you have somebody addicted to drugs and they repeatedly break the law and break their compact as citizens, helping them feel the consequences is not cruel. It's kind. Don't enable. I know a lot of people who are drug addicts. And I don't know a single one who says that uh, the enablers, whether friends, family, or the city, county, or state, did them any good. Only harm. I don't know a single one. I don't think that's a minor point. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. But I I can certainly see how it's like at the beginning of this story. Man, it'd been hard, especially like back when I was younger and I didn't have kids. It'd, it'd be different now. But like when I was living alone in an apartment, I got a friend that says, man, I'm hooked on drugs. I'm down and out. Can I stay at your place for a while? Of course I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say no. No, that would be enabling you. I wouldn't have said no. Oh, yeah. That's why just being introduced to the concept is such an eye opener to people, I think, who haven't dealt yeah, with it. But even be- knowing the concept, I don't think I would say no. Yeah, so that's hard. hard. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah compassion without order is chaos i don't even, want chaos i'd probably put rules on it though i mean a limit you, know, you can't stay here forever 
you can't, you know, what usually happens is they end up taking your stuff. Yeah, they steal from you. Yeah. 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 I, all I'm asking for is realism, not slogans, not, you know, greeting card rhetoric, as I often say, realism. We've got to have policy designed on reality, not on wish, what you wish was reality. I, yeah, I don't understand why it's so um, against the rules for people on the left to break down the street population by category. That guy's a drunk. That guy's a meth head. That person had medical bills they couldn't pay and lost their lease. Fine. Yeah, I don't know how many of those there are. I mean, God dang it! If you see that, if you see, if you if you're in a tight financial situation, you got to live live somewhere cheaper. People are hanging out in the most expensive cities in the world, trying to figure out how to afford to live there. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason a lot of people don't live in San Francisco. It's too expensive. Even people with jobs, good jobs, can't afford to live there. You know, I want to tell you about my weird brain next and why I feel so strongly about this stuff. Fantastic. Joe's weird brain on the way. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Yes, they are. Start with my brain. For instance, Elon. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe's crazy brain, he promised us. Not crazy, weird. Okay, weird. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Yeah, inside my dome, huh? Elon Musk there with our favorite slogan saying of the past, I don't know how many years, soon to be available on an Armstrong and Getty t-shirt. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. So, my brain is interesting, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I'm partially ambidextrous, you know, obviously fairly verbal, um, and and it has to do with cross-hemisphere uh, connections. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not smart enough to really understand it, um, but I... And both, uh, my son refers to me occasionally as the world's most conservative hippie. Um, I have very strong artsy emotional impulses. I'm also a staunch conservative. It's like I've always said, the reason I have extremely inflexible moral expectations of myself is because I am so tempted by sin. I'm not painstakingly faithful to my wife because I'm a better person than most. It's because I know how tempted I am to do the wrong thing. Mm. For instance, I look at the left's arguments for homelessness, drug addicts, looting gangs of youth in Chicago, and I get their arguments I can feel them. I can be in their head spaces. And it's awful because it's wrong. It doesn't work. It feels good. It's like the political equivalent of if it feels good, do it. If it makes me feel good and proud to advocate for it, that's what I'm going to advocate for. 
And they do it out of pride and emotion and approval of their peers. Here's the problem. Those policies suck. They don't work here on planet Earth. So the reason I'm so adamant about this stuff is I can practically feel what they're feeling. But I know how dangerous it is. It's advocating for compassion without order, which leads to chaos, addiction, crumbling marriages, drunkenness, violence, whatever. If Do you know what I mean, what I'm driving at? Yeah, my man, I've always thought the advantage of being a lefty is you, you always get to take the side of the short-term nice policy. Much easier right. than going with long-term, this is best for you, but it's going to be painful now. Um, is a harder argument to make, even though it's the right one. Wow, really well put. There's a hole in the show, and you know it's time to go. It's time for final thoughts on your feet. <laughs> Here's your host for <laughs> final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, will lead us. Michael? You were talking about doing the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing this morning. I am so amped. I've had two brownies. They had donuts, and so I, I got to drink water. I'm like... Sky high right now. Two brownies and two donuts? Yeah, way too much sugar. Wow. Too much sugar today. You're like a crazed nine-year-old at a birthday party. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Jack, do you have a final thought for us? This might be my most successful New Year's resolution of all time. So far this year, I have not had a donut. That's what I swore off for 2023. No donuts for me in 23. There are boxes of them in the lunchroom today, and I've not had one yet. I don't know why I'm doing good on this one. You know, my final thought is I'm scanning the list of topics and sound bites and everything we have. There's so much interesting stuff to talk about these days. I mean, the world is going nuts. Things are getting weird and they're getting weird fast, but it's just crazy how how much there is that we could be talking about because it all matters. Yep, I'm looking forward to oh, our no. What is that? Banana bread? Now there's banana oh. bread around. Yeah. Well, at least it's got a fruit in it, right? Hanson tempting me with banana bread. I'm not going to eat any banana bread. Oh, I love banana bread. Has anybody got any butter? Butter? Oh, yeah. Inch thick butter on banana bread. <laughs> Talk about uh, being unable to resist temptation, please. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. I will wear one of those uh, T-shirts. Things are getting weird, and it's getting weird fast. Yeah. If there was rehab for banana bread, I would have to check into that. Because... Uh, <laughs> Oh, my, my my sainted mom's banana bread oh. Oh, to die for. Mm. Yeah. Did you do your little thing already? I did. Oh. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a lot of great clicks for you. The eloquent uh, argument for compulsory arrest and recovery from an addict. We'll have that under hot links for you. Uh, get yourself an Armstrong and Getty t-shirt. As soon as they're, they're ready, we'll let you know. Cool, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I'm going to make a very obvious point. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. It's true. We're not going to stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. Okay. You're about to open a pit of hell. I expected more. But you have to pay attention to the cries that people have. Absolutely. Ah! Ah! Yay. On that high note? I yield the rest of my time, but this. Hi. Good night, everybody. Armstrong and Getty.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.